1: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. i would be one of my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach so call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. To believe or not to believe? That is the question. Today belonged to the believers. With the Dow gaining 188 points, s to be advancing 0.47%, NASDAQ surging 2.30%. A lot of tech there. This was an important snapback because it gives us a glimpse into the future. Let's start with the setup. Right now, if you listen to these wise men of the hedge fund industry, they're telling you the believers will be crushed. Of course, many of these guys loved the market a month ago, but let's put that aside. Many of their fears are indeed legitimate. When you look at corporate balance sheets, they have trillions of dollars in debt. The oil companies alone owe hundreds of billions of dollars. They can't pay it back with crude in the 20s. The airlines toast. All right. Bailing out Boeing and its uh, supply chain could cost $60 billion. The hedge funds I listened to, well, they're warning of 25% unemployment thanks to this government-mandated lockdown. Oh, that's not a great recession. That's Great Depression, the sequel. You can't have a restaurant industry if you're not allowed to go to restaurants. Hotels, sold to you. Malls, malls are bowling alleys. Actual bowling alleys, baby boomer stores, lockers. Money markets, trash. Commercial paper, no liquidity. Arcane dollar-yen trades, ooh, really scary. Devastating. Oh, and as for small-medium-sized business finished, Time to break out the apple stands and the sandwich boards. And that apple, by the way, is this kind, except for it tastes better. I'm not even exaggerating. The, the, this is the future of the hedge fund managers. I, I hear it all the time. I mean, every time I look up, they're telling me this stuff. Uh, now, Maybe they should ask Congress for bailouts so they don't have to sell their fifth beach house. Just a suggestion. So if, if the future, if the smart money uh, it, it thinks the future is really that grim, then the question is, is begged is, how do we rally today? How do we come down? 700, come back. What, what is that about? Who who'd buys stocks with the worldview I just outlined? Shouldn't they be using that money to buy a bunker in an undisclosed location, stock up on canned foods and shotgun shells? Let me explain. First, the funny thing happened to the bears in their earth Saturnine Saturn gloom today. They think, of course, the coronavirus can never be beaten. It's just, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a black plague, right? Bubonic. Well, who can blame them, though? Italy just passed China in COVID-19 related deaths, even though China's population is 20 times the size of Italy's. We're finally getting our test kits here, so our numbers are about to shoot through the roof. We'll probably be in a triage situation soon because we don't have enough hospital beds or ventilators. You figured that, right? Didn't you see that one coming? Everyone saw that one coming. Everyone? Well, maybe not everyone. Okay. It's a real possibility, maybe even the most likely possibility, but it's not the only possibility. What if one of the three antivirals that the president mentioned today, an old drug for malaria, a drug meant for Ebola or an old rheumatoid arthritis treatment, actually cures the disease or make it less lethal and more like just a really horrible flu that changes things. What if we step up testing dramatically and then have a vaccine on the market by this time next year? What if we have an instant vaccine in five minutes and we just go back to work because it was just in our heads? Not ideal. But not the apocalypse. We already know that it's possible to go back to normal because what? China's pretty much there. Oh, yeah, well, China's a bunch of liars, right? Okay, wait a second. Maybe you do think the Chinese Communist Party is lying to us, but do you think Starbucks is lying to us? Because last night, Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson came on our show and told us that his Chinese locations are up and running again. In fact, he just opened a new store in Wuhan where the outbreak started. Sure, I want to see Shanghai Disney reopen, but did, did you see that giant bond deal that Disney did? It's raising lots of cheap money. If you got an iconic brand, the bond market has your back. Given the beating the market's taken over the last couple of months, I think this is the wrong time to go full doom and and gloom. But I get it. I know the situation will get worse, probably a lot worse, before it gets better. Uh, But it will get better. And sometimes the stocks reflect that before we get to where it gets better. We're not some pitiful, helpless giant that's powerless in the face of this pandemic. We're not a bunch of jokers. The second reason we could bounce today, well, the market was insanely oversold. You know that S&P oscillator I talk about from, it's from market edge? Well, last night it was at minus 24. Do you know that's the most extreme level of selling pressure on record, even worse than the 1987 crash, which had us at minus 23 and change? I know the masters of the universe hate the market here, but according to the oscillator, so does everybody else. Once everybody hates something, you tend to run out of sellers. By the way, the 87 crash turned out to be a fabulous buying opportunity, not a selling opportunity. It, it could happen again. You know who thinks that way? Larry Williams, my favorite technician. Actually, nearly everybody's favorite technician because he's a legend. Williams points out that we've hit extreme panics. He's Williams' percentage. We use them all the time. He's saying this is extreme panic, which, by the way, he thinks is the single most reliable indicator of a trend shift from bearish to bullish that there is. In a special bulletin he put out today, he said you have to buy because, quote, none of the tools of the trade I have in my arsenal have done this good a job of calling major stock market lows, end quote. He continues, quote, for almost 90 years, we have seen bull markets begin at these times of extreme panic, end quote. Apparently, there have been only 24 signals like this in the last 87 years. Of those 24, 18 of them fired off within three weeks of a market bottom. That's 75%. 16 times the signals within a week of the low. That's two out of three. Of course, maybe Williams is totally wrong. Maybe he's not focused on what the hedge fund managers saying. Maybe he's not eating spam in a bunker, you know, upstate somewhere. Uh, the 25% of the time where the panic signals, uh, well, maybe that's what we really are, where we don't have a bottom. But you know what? I like the odds he laid out here. They seem to be pretty convincing. That's why, as I said yesterday, it, it's too late to sell. At this point, if you went out, you got to wait for more of a bounce. Remember, this is not an emotional call. Williams is simply reporting what the charts tell him. Now, notice that once, not once. Did I mention what the government is doing, even though Congress has passed a huge stimulus bill yesterday? To listen to hedge funds, well, what's the government going to do? Everything wrong. Bunch of clowns. But I gotta tell you, at the lows yesterday, many companies are already trading like they're headed for bankruptcy. I can't even a Classic example It's a little awful. We've had one. on uh, G3 Apparel, right? Briefly traded under $3 last night. This morning, it reported an extraordinary quarter. So what did the stock do? I guess it went under 3 You go 2 Stock stop at 0 No, the stock went up 69%. I'll take that. That's nice. I saw dozens of other stocks make similar moves even without any earnings news. I'll take that. That's nice. Which brings me to the final reason why we rallied. We don't know who, but some big firms must have blown up and had, had a liquid yesterday. I think some did today with the drug stocks. They dumped stocks at ridiculously low levels, below what these, lo- these companies would be worth, even if they were going to go on life support. Today produced so many winners that re- really weren't needles in a haystack. It's more like an Easter egg hunt. Uh, Easter egg, yeah. yeah. Hey, well, I remember I ran the Easter egg hunt in Summit, New Jersey, for the police athletically. Uh, I don't know if I was really good, at it, but I hid them well. Uh, some people thought they wouldn't be found. Thought the parents would yell at me for making it too hard for the kids. The kids always found them. How do you like that? All right, we're not out of the woods. Even Williams makes that clear. But so many companies were priced for bankruptcy yesterday that they were due for a bounce to the bottom line. No one is minimizing the virus. If you say I am, I will find you. I started warning you about this thing when most people were acting like it would never touch us. I'm Jimmy Chill Clorox for now. I'm just saying that the bull's out there. He's hibernating. But if you provoke the darn thing, it's gonna wake up and gore the bears. With any good news on the the coronavirus front, that bull's gonna stampede. Brian in Florida, Brian.
2: Hey Jim, thank you for taking my call. Quite welcome, Uh, Jim. They say that the virus is the strongest in people with pre-existing conditions. Right. Uh, This market is. This market has given me high blood pressure, and I'm only 31 years old, so I'm a little nervous. Jim, you're going to have to replace your house of pain button with my voice. I've watched the value of my U.S. concrete shares plummet since buying them a couple of years back. The company has already declared bankruptcy in the past. Do you see see them doing it again? Why are the insiders buying up so much stock? Should I be adding to my position here? And lastly... Well, uh, I, I, I've <laughs> lost,
1: I've lost a huge amount of faith in them. They, or they were, they needed, I don't know why they ended up doing so poorly, because what they really needed, they had a lot of good orders. Uh, I don't care if the insider buyer is buying or selling. All I can tell you is that they didn't do a good job and they should have done better given the fact that the economy was very, very strong. Let, hey, listen, sometimes they should have. And I don't know about the bankruptcy thing. Let's go to Thomas in Maine, please. Thomas. Hey, Jim, booyah. Booyah.
2: Hey, I got a couple questions about Wendy's. What a wild ride! And okay, look, let me tell you $50 something. This
1: Wendy's is still priced as if it, people are never going to go. But yesterday was at 6, 7. I mean, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. I mean, that's why when you listen to the hedge fund managers and they're out there saying it's the end of the world, you could uh, then you're going to sell Wendy's at 6 instead of buying it. I mean, this stock was at 20 and change. It's going to go back there. I mean, look, habits are going to change, but... That At 10, I'm still a buyer, although I don't like to buy stocks. When their stocks are up 42%, I say wait for a pullback. Shane in New York.
3: Shane!
1: Jim. Yo. Crain America. Love
2: oh. you. Love the show. Thank you. Can I please get a booyah to start the call? Perfect. Oh, booyah. Also, I thought uh, he
1: was giving me a booyah. I'm giving a booyah to no, what, you. Want, What's up? I w- <laughs> also, wanted to thank you for all your insight as well as your calm, positive outlook in such a dire, unusual time, my friend. Well, maybe I've seen more. Seen a lot. What's up?
2: Hey, uh, as a consumer, I got into the streaming sector early with Hulu and dumped my cable subscription two okay. years ago. Okay. And I absolutely love it. So, in the past few months,
1: I'm like, you know what? Let me research some stocks in the sector and. And, I'm, and I was looking to invest in one, hoping that, you know, it could, it could become the Amazon of the streaming video world over the next 10 years. And so recently, after my research, I decided on Roku. And after almost buying it a few weeks ago at 100 I was able to buy it yesterday at $66 a share. And I wanted to know
2: your long-term thoughts on the stock.
1: I like Roku. Now, uh, this stock used to be much, much higher. It's come down a great deal. You made a very smart purchase. I'm always interested in hearing why people, common sense people like Shane in New York, weren't scared out of their, out of their pants by some hedge fund manager who was probably selling Roku when he was buying. No, he's supposed to be trapped in an index fund. That's a nice buy. Shane's going to do okay on that one. The believers can have their day, too. The bull is out there. you got to provoke him hard enough. to going go wake up money tonight, are we far enough along in this tough moment to look to the other side? I'm telling you what I'm eyeing while still standing six feet away. Then, while most stocks aren't worth owning here, I'm eyeing a recession-proof company that can fit in the stay-at-home economy that we now know dominates. So much might sit down with Verizon. And I'm talking the future of work amid the coronavirus with VMware. So stay with Kramer. Has the market come down to the point where we can look through this brutal moment to the other side, the post-corona future? Sure, we can look, but we can't always touch meaning you shouldn't be too eager to buy sizably here because we have to prepare for some more ugly headlines. The infection and death rates are about to soar here. I'm predicting some giant bankruptcies, some failed drug trials against the scourge. And talk about, well, who knows, how about insurrection against Kulak hedge fund managers? Still, we need to keep our eyes on the prize, and that prize is what works once the smoke clears, although it could just be the smoke from a distant fire. First, the stay-at-home economy isn't going away. You can't put this remote work work-y thing genie back in the bottle. We've discovered that working from home is actually a pretty good way to do business because video conferencing software has gotten so good, from Cisco's WebEx to Zoom video. These tools make it seem like you're right in the room. Maybe it's not as good as a handshake, but it's a lot more convenient and certainly more sanitary. Think about how much time we normally lose every day commuting to work. Think about all the carbon emissions that spew into the atmosphere. Turns out that's unnecessary for millions of people. That's a huge lesson, and it won't be unlearned, is why Cisco and Zoom just won't quit. That's not the only software we need, though. It's much easier to do cybersecurity for an office building than for a distributed workforce. But we have solutions that can tackle the problem. I like Okta and Zscaler, CrowdStrike. More on Zscaler later. Second, 5G. I cannot stress this one enough. In a world where people stop working from the office, 5G's king. You need the speed of 5G so that you can connect to the office and so you're really there. That's Qualcomm, which is why the stock surged when the company announced a 5% dividend boost last week and when they, uh, when uh, Steve, when Monkhoff was on this morning when we interviewed him. Uh, Verizon, beautiful, bountiful, 4.6% yield, steal at these levels. And if it gets hit on the next market-wide uh, beatdown, I buy a hand over fist. Wait do you hear them later in the show. Next is DocuSign. I bought a house today, fixer upper, but I couldn't go to the closing because I, I didn't want to catch the super flu. So the closing came to me via DocuSign. Took two whole clicks to seal the deal. Winner. Speaking of doing things remotely, Teladoc, the publicly traded telemedicine plan, it's now worth $10 billion. I know this company loses money, but telemedicine just got greenlit by the feds. I have a Medicare email to prove it. Anything that lets you see a doctor without actually going to the doctor's office is a winner despite, during this pandemic. It's cheaper, it's more convenient, it's it's heck of a lot safer. I'm seeing banks closing branches because of COVID-19. Will they really need to reopen? I wonder whether the New York Stock Exchange will question the, the, uh, the way they work, if the machines do a good job. I mean, that would be a shame. I love having humans involved, but they don't exist at the Nasdaq. So is this a sad precursor? What else? Amazon is now stronger than ever because it's the retailer of choice when you can't really go shopping. There are tons of people who had the routines upended and now realize that you can use Amazon for things they never even thought about imagining before. All sorts of household goods. Amazon and Walmart are coming out on the other side stronger than ever. So is Costco. I wonder if Amazon hits an all time high when so many of its brick and mortar competitors go under. And that's going to happen. Last trend, at least for now, people play video games when they're cooped up at their home. Uh, Activision Blizzard and Take-Two have some of the hottest games. Let's see what Verizon says about that later in the show. People still watch Netflix. Hey, get this. They order pizza from the few remaining outfits that are still open. Domino's. Most restaurants are getting killed here. But the one big exception are the places that were always focused on delivery, Domino's is king, surged 11% today. Eventually, there will be lots of winners. But for now, you should focus on these companies that can thrive even during the pandemic. Because sadly... Both this trend and the pandemic may just be getting started. Ray in New York. Ray. Hey, good afternoon, Jim. How are you? I am good, Ray. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain. Want well, to first of all thank, say thank you for all your help and knowledge for your sharing with us for all our sub investors. Getting through a difficult time. Oh, you're quite welcome. We have a great staff that comes in and every day puts up with me because I'm going bad here. What's up? <laughs> I hear you.
4: My question is uh, Ring Central, RNG, that had a uh, peak of like 250 and now recently came back down to like 150 this, this week and it's starting to creep back up. Do you think it's a good entry? Or I can never recommend a
1: stock that's up 19 on a given day. I just can't do it. I have to absolutely wait. Uh, I do like Ring Central very much, though, as you know. Let's go to Ken in North Carolina. Ken!
4: Big booyah from Lake Norman, Jimmy. Oh,
1: what's happening?
4: Man, uh I've been trading around a position in Tesla. Recently sold off 80% of my investment uh when the stock got up to 900 and uh I kept That's 20% good. so I could remain invested. Uh I've been struggling with what to do as it's just been going you down buy last Tesla week, it went here. down under 400. Did you
1: buy Tesla. Get the irony here. Ford had to cut its dividend, Ford Motor. But who's got the best liquidity? Tesla and Elon Musk. Meanwhile, one ventilators, he'd probably make the best. I bet you he could come up with a mid and made test for this darn thing. You buy the stock of Tesla. Look, we can't, uh, we can look, but we can't always touch. Eventually, there'll be lots of other winners. But for now, stay focused. There's a handful. Much more money ahead. With more people working from home these days, as I just talked about, people need their internet connections now more than ever. So I'm talking with. High or Verizon later. Then, how are is well-positioned to help you get through working remotely? And am I in one company that's been working despite the market recent sell-off? Don't miss my exclusive with Zscaler. How can I help you? Stay with Kramer. I keep telling you we have a conundrum. How many groups are worth owning here? But at these levels, you gotta start buying something. That's why I like the recession proof companies that also fit into the stay-at-home economy. Got it both. Companies like Verizon. As a phone company, Verizon's basically a utility. People are still using their cell phones and they need their home internet connections more than ever. On top of that, Verizon's got the best balance sheet in the industry, so you know it's bountiful. 4.6% yield yielded safe, but we're going to check into that. There's a reason the stock only down 8 bucks from its highs. Meanwhile, the company's bending over backwards to accommodate its customers. If you can't pay your bills for the next couple of months, they won't cut off your service or charge you any late fees. And you've been adding capacity to handle the data traffic as millions more people work from home. So let's take a closer look with Hans Vestberg. He's the chairman and CEO of Verizon. Hear more about what his company's doing to help us get through this pandemic. Mr. Vestberg, Welcome Money.
3: Hi. Good evening or good afternoon.
1: Well, it's great to see you. Great to see you. And uh, I know that you're great a person. See you. you have a, a common touch. I've known that from when I met you at uh, one of those band-off dinners. And what uh, I'd like to yeah. know from you is what this country's fundamentally changed. The world's fundamentally changed, but this country's fundamentally changed overnight. What is the impact of that fundamental change on Verizon?
3: So if I look at the network first uh, that we're managing, I can say that uh, if we make a comparison week over week, the, uh, we can see that we have a moderate growth in the network when it comes to data usage, but where it's spent and what type of application has changed dramatically. So we are up 75% week over week on gaming. We're up 30% on VPN, which basically is connections from corporations to a home. We're up tw- over 20% on web traffic. up on on streaming, so you see that as these countries are changing quite dramatically how we operate, also the network are changing, so we are constantly following those patterns, how it's changing. When it comes to our own employees, I mean, we have in less than one week actually moved 100,000 people working from home all around the globe, the majority in the U.S., but we still, of course, have people doing the second priority we have is keeping the networks up. So we have field operations doing the most critical things in the field and we have stores open. Not all of them, uh, but we have some stores open to serve our customers. So that's how we operate here. In less than a week, we have transformed this company quite dramatically. Well, how is that
1: possible? You do your budget at the beginning of the, uh, the year or at the end of last year and you make it so that you figure gaming's is going to be flat, VPN flat, web traffic maybe up 8%. How are you able to make so? You're, you're not You're a huge company. How do you make such a switch?
3: No, I think that what we, we, we our strategy is the network. Uh, we, we have always uh, cared for our network. We always have headroom in the network. We have built a very robust network. If it's the IP network, the wireline network, the fiber network, or the wireless network, we're always built for being prepared for different type of uh, changes in the network. And that's why we're coping so good so far in the network.
1: Well, uh, we're, uh, you are a leader in 5G. I've got the Apple 11. Uh, I've got to tell you, I am waiting for 5G. I happen to love sports. If they ever start playing sports again in this country, it would be fantastic. But will I be envisioning myself watching my 11 and just say, all right, let me just put on that NFL game. Is that what I'm going to go into?
3: I think as a consumer, you're definitely going to use those type of applications on the mobile phone, whereas 5G has such a superior performance, especially when you build it on, on the spectrum we have. We call it ultra 5G, ultra wideband. You're going to have totally new experience. Everything you have today on capabilities on the phone is going to be at least 10x better, which means that you can do so much more with it. So definitely you, you can take your NFL on the go and see that. But there are going to be many other augmented reality uh, applications that that you can use as well on the mobile phone, uh, and of course, a lot of enterprise solutions which we're working tra- a lot with when it comes to our customers, how they can use wireless instead of wireline in the factories, in the retail, or other type of applications.
1: Well, Mr. V- Mr. Vesberg, when I go down the street, people always say, "Hey, Jim, what do I buy? What do I buy?" I have to say, I always say Verizon. You know why? Because. It- It doesn't hurt. It never goes back to hurt you. Now, I listen to what you just said and I say, well, they must have to spend a fortune. How are they able to spend that fortune and still give you that bountiful dividend?
3: I think that uh, we have a very robust balance sheet uh, that we have all, all the time worked very well with. I mean, i have only three years in the company. I have predecessors and their management team that have done a great job with both the network as well as the balance sheet. And, of course, that's why we, we have our priority on our capital allocation. It's very clear. Number one, it's, it's investing in a business. Number two, is the dividend. Number three, is serve our debt to get into the debt uh, ratios that we have defined. And number four, which is coming... Yes, number four is uh, buyback. Uh, but uh, clearly, we have a clear priority of how we allocate our capital. Now, uh, you've always
1: been a charitable company. Your predecessors are always very charitable. Uh, your COVID-19 relief response, I'm really interested in what you're doing for healthcare workers. workers. They're all kind of gotten forgotten. We're worried about the people who work for the airlines and the people in the restaurants and bars, also retail. I'm worried about those workers because they are they're, it's got a thankless job. And they need every help we get, and they're not represented enough in Washington. What are we doing for them?
3: Uh, so in any crisis we have, uh, we have, you know, we have unlimited uh, access to data for first responders and that we would have in any crisis. And of course, the, this uh, coronavirus is a huge pandemic and of course, a state of emergence. So we have all the access that they, the first responders need. We're also working with all the hospitals and all the, the, the workers and doctors there to have all the access they need. And we're monitoring that extra special right now in these times. So that is a key focus for us. And I think that that type of infrastructure becomes enormously important in order to deliver sort of a more healthy and safe environment for all of us citizens in this country.
1: I know you as a big think guy, so I'm going to do the big question to you. What is going to win this? We're going to win this war. okay? when we're done, what will America look like? How will it be different from where we were six weeks ago?
3: It's hard to say so short into this pandemic, but I think we're going to see a new normal uh, where po- probably people are gonna find out it, it's actually gonna work uh, in a different way, more communication uh, and virtually, because I mean, we are running all our executive team meetings. I'm in the Emergency Operations Center here where we are following everything. It's, we have a skeleton crew, the rest of the people working here, monitoring everything happening in our network with our employees. They are spread out uh, around the country and still doing the same work. So I think we're gonna, We see that. And I think that's also why uh, when we're going to go through these really tough and really hard times, I I think that uh, we will come out very strong out of that because the technology will be enormously important going forward in the world that we will see in the future.
1: And I know you are passionate about the planet. Okay, is this not a moment where we're sitting back and saying we are going to lower our carbon footprint dramatically because we're not going to go on the road to our office?
3: No, you're right. There are things that we can rethink right now, and I think one learning is going to be from this is that we can work differently Uh, and, of course, the carbon footprint is enormously important. The commitment we have as a corporation for it is big, I mean, to to actually reduce it quite dramatically and all of that. But we're going to find new ways that we didn't maybe thought about uh, just a couple of months ago. So, yes, I think that a couple of the more essential things in this society that we need to address like that, uh, we're going to find new ways to addressing them. So I, I totally agree with you and Verizon will go in the forefront for that because we think about being both responsible to the society, our customers, employees, and to our shareholders. Because for me, it's a balance in between all four of them, and that's when you come out strong as a company.
1: Excellent. I'm so glad you came on the show, Hans. Just a, a breath of fresh air and also a little bit of optimism in the way you're approaching the world. Thank you so much. That's Hans Vesberg. He's the chairman CEO of Verizon. A hey, No one ever got hurt by a Verizon. Stay with Craven. We need to start picking through the rubble of the tech stocks that have just been pulverized over the past few weeks because some of these companies are integral to the new stay-at-home economy. Take VMware. It's the leading maker of virtualization software, which is what makes the cloud possible by allowing data centers to run multiple virtual machines on a single server. Now, if you've been working remotely this week, there's a good chance that you've been relying on VMware's products to run your digital workspace without you even knowing it. The stock has now fallen nearly 40% since its highs in February. It's been cut in half from a year ago. Could this one be worth buying gradually by on the way down? Hey. Let's check in with Sanjay Poonen, VMware's Chief Operating Officer for Customer Operations. Learn more about how this company's doing and what it's doing to help keeping the world running while so many people are locked
2: down. Mr. Poonen, welcome back to Mad Money. Jim, as we say in India, namaste. This is social distancing.
1: Oh, if it works, I'll take it. You are uh, in the, ep- the epicenter of this new stay-at-home uh, work environment because I know that you are about— end-user computing, wherever it is. So tell us how the world is changing and what it means for VMware.
2: Well, Jim, this is unprecedented times. Uh, we've always been a trusted advisor, and as you know, we know a thing or two about virtualization. Uh, our, our customers run their critical apps on our on our infrastructure. So what they've been looking to do, first off, is to get advice as to how we would play this world. The first thing we've been doing is, first off, taking care of our, cust- our employees and making sure that they're safe and secure. That's always, you start with your employees, and we can talk about that later. But to our customers, many of them are working now like our employees. I'm sort of in a shelter in place. I have a Dell laptop and my mobile phone, and now I can get all my work done now with virtual desktops on my Dell laptop and access to all of my apps, my phone. That's what our customers are asking us for. There are customers who are schools, for example, Southern New Hampshire University. Many of them are going virtual, Uh, Stanford University, many schools uh, rely on us. Many of the hospitals rely on us. And then the world's biggest retailers and banks. We're the leader in this category of digital workspace. And we're just listening to our customers and are looking to serve them in this crisis.
1: So, Sanjay, is there any degradation? I mean, as far as we're concerned now, if we're at home, is it uh, a push between going to home and going to the office? Which, in that case, a lot of people would rather stay home, not have to be on the road in traffic an hour and a half and spewing a lot of carbon.
2: I think there's part of our life, Jim, that's going to change forever. Behind me, I have a saying from Winston Churchill that says, when you're going through hell, go through it. Another one I like from Winston Churchill is never waste a crisis. And I think there's part of our life that's going forever going to change. Uh, we will perhaps have a place where, for instance, uh, less travel is good for the planet. Uh, i am got three kids, my wife and I, five of us sharing part of it. I think spending more time at home is good. Uh, but we want to make sure that if you are at home, you are productive, you're able to like, work continues just like it was at work. And then you have to obviously have ways by which video conferencing, we were one of the early customers that used Zoom. We love it. We use Slack, we use Microsoft Teams. These are all ways in which you can collaborate. But I think, you know, personally, Jim, this is probably for a season. Yeah. I feel like we're going to do a little, little bit of a traffic jam. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes you four hours to get to Tahoe from here, sometimes it takes you eight hours when this comes back there will be a place where we will all meet together and i view this as temporary and not permanent okay well sanjay i know over in europe they're
1: talking about that there is literally the possibility of too much of a strain on technology infrastructure european union urging netflix and other streaming uh, platforms to slow down streaming i mean is the is the network able to handle it
2: we have tremendous relationships with the telco players they are some of our biggest customers and the cloud infrastructure players. In many cases, we are between software, compute storage, and networking. A software-defined architecture is really where the world of 5G is going. So a lot of these big companies have been starting to rely on us for that future world of 5G. And software is a lot easier to manage. It's also just as reliable or more reliable because you can fix things. Uh, and we're working very closely with our customers. Bandwidth is going to be something we watch very carefully. Um, And I expect us to be working very closely with these partners like the telcos, the cloud providers, the big networking players, and certainly a lot of our own software to make this go easier for our customers. So, Sanjay...
1: There are a lot of uh, we have a lot of financial people come on our network, a lot of hedge fund managers, and they're making it sound like they really are in a situation where we're really, I, I say, personal in the apocalypse. And the reason is because uh, the big debt burden that, that the equity owners don't see, uh, people won't, uh, companies won't be able to pay their bills. VMware has to worry about bills being paid. Um, are you worried about this kind of a uh, let's just say? Uh, A situation that's unfathomable that we never thought were major customers of yours uh, go bankrupt and suddenly you're just in the queue as as someone who's fighting to get paid.
2: I think first off, uh, Jim, as I said, we first want to take care of our employees. Uh, We're making sure, you know, we're paying our bonuses, all of those kinds of things that take care of them. uh, And certainly those who are sick getting well. But then as we turn to our customers, uh, we've been, you know, we'll have to certainly partner with our customers as some of these and with the industry. We have access through our partners like Dell to financing services. Dell Financial Services is a tremendous ability for us to be able to do that so that folks can pay this out in a more gradual basis. As you move move from license to cloud, subscription billing allows you to more ratably uh, you know, uh, pay wow. back. So we'll work through this. These are unprecedented times. Maybe some of the scenarios I talked about will help customers, and then new ones we expect to be working. There's one thing that's certain about VMware. We've always worked. We are one of the highest net promoter scores. We will work to make sure our customers are happy.
1: And then, Sanjay, I know that I can always count on you for some inspiration uh, when it comes to business and larger issues. So what is what do you have to say about the crisis that we're in and what business can do and continuity solutions and, and getting us through this?
2: I think, first off, you know, like Louis Armstrong, we shall overcome. You know, I'm just singing that out there, but I'm not anywhere close to Louis Armstrong. <laughs> but I think the the most important thing for leaders – is to know that and inspire their people that, you know, leadership, this is the time when leadership is tested. And, you know, I believe faith conquers fear. And we have to be out there saying, you know, the economy was good before this. It's sort of like I said, it's a little bit of a traffic jam, right? We will make this through this. And in the meantime, if you're healthy, turn your attention back to serving our customers. And I believe with our customers, many of them want to continue working through this businesses. I believe the world will get back, Um, you know, whether this is as bad as 2008 or 1987 or 2001. I don't know. I'm not a a, a pundit, but I believe long term in the health of the economy, the American economy, the world economy, and we will be fine long term. I'm going
1: to leave it there. Thank you so much for those words of hope. That's Sanjay Poonen, COO of VMware, VMW. Man Money is back after the break. It is time! It's for the lightning round! And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, skate, dad? It's over the lightning round! Dominic in California, Dominic!
2: Yeah, my grandson has a question for you, Jim.
1: Sure, sure, Dom.
2: Booyah, Booyah Kramer, I'm a 14 year old investor. We all know the market's
3: been crushed, in particular, the medical device stock. I'm calling about a company that just recently had a phenomenal quarter, gave phenomenal guidance, and it's very profitable and it's been beat down greatly by the market. The stock name is InMode.
1: Yeah, what is with that? I mean, you know, you, you probably know better. I mean, I, I, the stock is a good quarter. A bunch of guys raised numbers. It's a medical device. company. I like it. Now, look, we don't like them up two bucks today and chase it because the stock not up up 13%. But, yeah, look, I agree with you. It's in the sweet spot of where I am. Let's go to, and how about that 14 years old? We're going to have a lot of those guys. No one's going to school anymore. Let's go to Frederick in Missouri. Frederick. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing hey, okay. How about you? On a, I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, why do to you get your thoughts on Snapchat? You know what? I I started liking Snap because there's not enough companies that are in that segment anymore. And then the stock got cut in half. So I look like a complete bozo. I All I know is to have Evan Spiegel once. Because I think Evan Spiegel can explain why he and I both think that Snap is an interesting choice. By the way, Twitter has a lot of cash and seems inexpensive. I'll invite Jack Dorsey on. He can talk about either company he wants to. I don't even care.
3: Let's go to Roy (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> Roy in Pennsylvania. Roy. Oh,
2: you're laughing. How about a way back Stotesbury Mansion? Booyah? Oh, get out of
1: town. You know, we used to go up there and uh, do things you're not supposed to do. Like, yeah, play you matches. probably have some
2: stuff from there, I'll bet.
1: I love the Stoetsbury I mean, Mansion. Anyway, how it's about like putting size. something away
2: for a sunny day in the future, like USFD, US Foods?
1: That thing has just been beaten like a redheaded step chop. I don't even, so is Airmark too. People have decided that that industry is just awful, so let's buy Hormel instead. They got food service, and we just had them on. We had Steel on. The, I don't know if you saw. He had that Eagles hat. Uh, it's a 52nd 50, 50 Super Bowl right in the uh, right-hand corner. I'm watching what everybody has, them when they are in their home offices. And Stephanie Link has three of my books and a mad money ball. Let's go to Joe in Texas, please. Joe. Uh, booyah, Jim. Uh, since oil's kind of taking a hit, uh, I have a question for you about enterprise products. EPD the best of a bad, 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 bad lot. We're not recommending anything. In, we're not recommending anything in the oil patch, and we're getting an opportunity to be able to do some uh, lighten up if it goes up. Let's go to Drew in South Carolina. Drew. Hey, there he
4: is. The one know is Jimmy
1: Chill. Hey, how you doing? Jimmy Chill, doing fine. How about you?
2: All right, man. Um, This stock is American-made. All products manufactured in America. We're going to keep it American. And there are millions of Americans that rely on their products. I'm wondering about ticker TNDM. Okay, the stock's
1: been coming off. Look, the whole group's coming down. A lot of people feel that somehow uh, Dexcom's going to cut them out. I don't think that's the case, although I do like Dexcom even more than Tandem Diabetes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round.
0: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
1: Even in this vertigo-inducing market, some stocks have been able to rebound sharply. Look at Zscaler. It's the cloud-based security software play, which trading at 39 bucks a week ago. Now it's at 52 This is of the worst week of the year in ages. Why is Zscaler working in a moment when the averages have been squashed? Well, because it's a play on the stay-at-home economy we keep talking about. When lots of people are working from home, companies need to bend over backwards to protect their networks from hackers. That's where Zscaler comes in. Their whole shtick is making sure businesses can operate securely under any conditions at any scale from anywhere in the world, on any device. In fact, they've been preparing for a crisis like this for ages, so let's dig deeper with Jay Chaudhry. He's the founder, chairman, and CEO of Zscaler get a better sense of how his company enables people to work at home safely. Jay, welcome back to money.
4: Jim, thank you.
1: All right, so, Jay, it looks like that there's just still one more way to get into the treasure trove here. Now people working at home, and we're kind of more naked than ever. What is Zscaler doing about it?
4: Yeah. Jim, as you said, Zscaler was found with the notion that business will happen more and more in the cloud, and people work from home or office or coffee shop. So our customers have been doing it over the past 10 plus years. In fact, about 20 to 25% of the largest global 2000 companies are already protected with Zscaler. So I got so many calls and emails in the past couple of weeks saying that, thank you Zscaler, we were easily able to uh, have our employees work from home. So we are helping a lot more new customers are calling us and we're busy scaling our cloud and helping our customers while we know it's a very, uh, you know, st- unprecedented time, the safety of employees, safety of our customers is fast, but they also want to do uh, business from home, and we are helping with that.
1: Okay, so you had a blog post this Sunday. You were discussing how to empower employees working remotely. You discussed a couple of customers mm-hmm. uh, for whom you're facilitating remote work. An at, ethical at DB Schenker, German logistics company, Global 100 company. Uh-huh. Uh, t- well, tell me what you did for them.
4: So DV Schenker is a large logistics company with 76,000 employees. They had bought a Zscaler service to let their employees go to internet and Office 365 from home and wherever. So that part was working well. When this thing happened, Corona happened, they needed to have their employees access the data center-based applications. And like most customers, what did they have? Old legacy VPN that no one likes. So they called us and say, we want your second service to access our internal applications. Mm -hmm. It took us a number of days to get it turned on. Very pleased and gratified of the architecture we built. So customers like DV Schenker and others can have their employees work from home. Very, very proud of it.
1: All right. Now. There was uh, one of your in-house security researchers published a blog today about a new Android app. It seemed to offer a, a, a coronavirus safety mask, which we all want, but instead delivered an SMS Trojan horse. <laughs> I mean, that, they came uh, up with this stuff. The bad guys are that quick?
4: It is crazy, Jim. Uh, it's a race with bad guys. Uh, it's not only one kind of thing mask. They are selling Corona test kits, all kind of ransomware attacks, phishing attacks. And they're posting it up there. In fact, if you search Google for coronavirus or COVID-19, on the first 50 searches, a couple of them will show up that are uh, bad and malware. And our job is to make sure employees who go to the internet through us are safe from all those threats. And that's a serious obligation. And we are very um, vigorously working to keep our customers safe.
1: What do you think about the prospects that the world uh, is never going to go back the way it was even, say, six weeks ago? That uh, working at home, once you get Zscaler in, the bad guys don't hack, turns out to be a very efficient, very, uh, I'd say, carbon positive uh, change for our society.
4: Yeah, you know, I would say I'm surprised how productive you could be at home. I'm personally discovering that I'm saving a lot of commute time video conferencing is happening. I think it has given a big push to accelerate, to work from anywhere. And the world is never going to go back the same way. We'll still need face-to-face discussions from time to time, but it's broken a a habit of us. So I think that new world business will happen more and more anywhere, and customers will demand the same policy, same security, whether you're at a home or a coffee shop or airport. And that's the business we are in. It's gratifying to see that the world is moving in the direction we have been anticipating and evangelizing for the last 10 years.
1: Now, do you think it's a possibility that the network just isn't configured correctly? We are talking to Verizon. You've got an older network that wasn't built for a huge, dist- you know, a distributed model where everybody's working from home. Can it actually handle it? Because if this thing lasts long, you know more and more people are working from home because people don't want to have any gathering. at the office. Can the system just break?
4: There will be some strain on the home network, the Comcast, the, the uh, broadband connection we're getting, but I think since the network is distributed, uh, it'll it'll handle it. Companies will have to step up and add some more capacity to it. Uh, but the bottleneck, so far, has less been the the network, has more been the security and policy. So far, I have had so many customers. This one customer said, we had this VPN system in place, it's dying. How quickly can you turn on Zscaler service for it? So we are removing those bottlenecks, and network will be a piece of it, but I don't think it's the biggest piece right now.
1: Well, there we go. I mean, it's a stock that your company's doing well, and your stock is up this week in a very bad week. That's Jay Chaudry, c founder, chairman, and CEO. Always good to see you, sir.
4: Jim, thank you for seeing you. I appreciate the time. Of course.
1: c another one of those companies you know I like, just doing so many good things. Uh, Boy, American technology, we've got some great companies pharmaceuticals are great too stop giving up, stick with Kramer not only is this market really difficult it's also very whippy if you take a look at some of your favorite drug stocks they were just crushed today and some of your favorite food and beverage stocks that have been holding up so well, they were annihilated. It's almost as if happy days are here again and everything's going to be good. Well, they're not. And that's why I think you need to take a hard look at stocks like J&J coming down into the 120s with a good yield. That's a good place to be. Coca-Cola, if that goes under 40, that could be one for the ages. So look at these stocks that are recession-proof. And remember, they're not going to be able to avoid a recession. And so those are the stocks that you might want to lean into, promise not to use that term, but did it anyway, when you're trying to figure out what to buy tomorrow if you have some spare cash. Like I said, there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you tomorrow. Markets and Turmoil starts right
0: now. I want people to feel like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe.